Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's become one of the most recognizable faces of Kansas City. You see it every time the Chiefs play or if the Royals are in the postseason. It's the Scout Trophy. How did it exactly get there and what does it mean? Well, Diane Houston and I sit down this month to take a look at one of the most famous monuments in Kansas City, the Kansas City Scout. I know every time I watch a sporting event and see Kansas City, it's always the picture of the Scout, but I don't think many people really know the whole story, what's behind it, and, and how it came here to Kansas City, Diane. I think it's one of the most notable landmarks that we have in town. And before we kind of get into the Scout, do you mm-hmm. have your Mount Rushmore of Kansas City, uh, of Kansas City we've, landmarks? We've talked of landmarks, though. Landmarks. Oh my God! Yes, I, Kansas City landmarks. What do you got? Four, so, so four, four things. Well, yeah, that's that's okay. All right, fair, 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 fair. Okay, so let me scout. go. Let me go. Let me let me go through mine first. Oh, okay. See, fair. see, see if we're on the same page, Miss Historian, on this one, because for me, I've got Union Station, I've got yep. the World War One Museum, I've got the Scout Monument. And I've got the plaza as the four main kind of Kansas City notable landmarks, Mount Rushmore of notable landmarks, if you will, in Kansas City. What say you? So are you saying notable landmarks as in the most important that other people would recognize outside of the city? It's up for interpretation, however you want yeah. to decide to interpret it. I, you know, I, I like your list. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I think it's good. World War One Museum, especially is that, you know, Liberty Memorial, um, especially mm-hmm. in the last since they've really redone the museum and it's become such a focal point. I wouldn't have said that, you know, like 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> so good job to them. Um, I like your list, actually. I, I would keep it. I would uh, I would confirm that that sounds like a really good Mount Rushmore of locations. Yeah. I mean, especially the scout, you know, I was just, you know, obviously we were all watching football lately and it's always incredible to see uh, when Kansas City's hosting a game, especially one that's nationally televised, that scout is, you know, and it's funny, it's, it's recognizable. They, you know, besides Union Station lit up, lit up in red and, you know, even when the Royals, you know, won the World Series, you know, having everything lit up in blue, it, it, it's the scout is one of those things that everybody always focus on because it has, a, first of all, an incredible view of Kansas City. So that makes it, you know, notable. And of course, the gateway to the West, I guess it's our little arch <laughs> in a way, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit, you know, is it, is it fair to say though, sports is the reason why people know what the scout is? Oh yeah, for sure. Because otherwise, if you're driving down like I-35, getting on to I-35 and you're, you're trying to catch a glimpse of the scout. Well, first of all, if you try to in a car, you'll die 
because you'll turn around and kill somebody. But if you're a passenger, you can kind of crook your head and see it, but it's not necessarily, it wasn't placed to be, uh, the highway wasn't even there when it was placed, but it wasn't placed to be a, a landmark as in like, look at that from a distance. I mean, it's a teeny tiny little speck. It's supposed to be something you go to. And so without the sporting, uh, sporting events is the biggest thing that we have that when they're so, you know showcasing Kansas City, um, and especially the Chiefs, of course, there's a link there, that it only makes sense that you see, especially something with such a positive um, representation, the scout of what it stands for, um, we should be proud of that. And most people just go, yeah, I, I know of it, or I've seen it on TV, but I've never been up there. It's like, why haven't you, it's it's like such a short drive, just go head and park at the tennis courts and walk a few, you know, 50 yards and you'll be there. It's well, great. I, it seems like the, the couple of times that I've been up there to, to, to look at that, I have you take the kids and do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of beer cans and empty fireball bottles. How do we get that? So it's not a place where we <laughs> congregate and throw our litter. Oh, you have a good point there too. Um, because <laughs> full of the good points today, just today though. Um, that's a good point because that has been something that even in the 1920s and 30s they were fighting with when the scout was there is that vandalism and and all that has been a problem. Kansas City has a double-edged sword. The double-edged sword is that we have a ton of parks, which means we have we don't have enough people to take care of our parks. I mean, that's just that's it. Mm -hmm. So we, we have this beautiful green space and yet not enough people to actually clean up and make sure things are, um, you know, uh, litter free, if you will. And the scout, uh, you can imagine why people would go up there and have, uh, you know, a toast, a fireball, you know, keeping it classy up there <laughs> with the fireball, um, you know, would go up there and, and take a look at the view. Of course, it's a park. It closes at a certain time. You shouldn't be up there after hours, but, um, and one of the other things, and we'll talk about this too, but, uh, even back in the 1920s, when they were putting the scout where it is, um, the conversation came up of, should we light it or not? And, and, and now if you think about like memorials in the, where Parkway and even on the Paseo and the Plaza, they're all lit, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, lighting creates um, a, obviously it de deters some vandalism. The problem was that George Kessler, who was our landscape architect, you know, the, the king of our parks and boulevard system was like, you can't like the scout. That makes no sense. Um, it should be natural and be something that it's looking out into, you know, the, the skyline of Kansas city. We we're not lighting it. And, and since he said that they have not lit it. I don't know if you've ever noticed that it's not lit. Um, however, and I mean, if you see it lit on TV, it's because they're lighting it. Mm -hmm. right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, but it's not naturally, but I've heard because after I wrote this article about the scout that they're actually talking about lighting it. And I don't know how I feel about that. So maybe after we talk about the history of it, we can kind of throw that out to, you know, the people listening and also, um, instead of the Mount Rushmore, we can talk about light or no, should yeah. we light this statue or no? Well, let, let, let's get into it. And, and okay. $15,000 is the reason. <laughs> Yeah. why we have the scout here in Kansas City which back in the you know the early 1900s was a lot of money to try to raise uh, for some yeah. type some type of monument and without that money obviously we don't have it here but it all started with with, with Cyrus which is a name you don't hear much anymore yeah. you know nobody's naming yeah. their children like Hiram. Cyrus Cyrus <laughs> and and Marv is another name you don't see a lot of Marvs anymore either that's so unfortunate I... it is it's a really like a really cool name from the 1920s but so is Cyrus Cyrus 
Cyrus E. Is it is it Cyrus E or Cyrus C? I can't even read my notes. Or e. G E, whatever it was, one of the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> Miss, Mr. Dallin created this series of sculptures, yeah. basically seemingly honoring the Native Americans and the Native American culture that we had in our country, and we somehow wound up getting our hands on it. So let, let's talk about the impetus of the, of the series of statues. Yeah, Let it's us, crazy. Led us to this. And, and this is something everybody should drop a Google on because it's unbelievable when you see all of them and you check out what else he did. You're like, man, I wish we all we had them all, you know, um, uh, Cyrus has a really interesting history that dates back to he's born in 1861, um, about 30 miles from Salt Lake City. <laughs> it, I mean, in the, the 1861, there's not much going on in Salt Lake City either. Um, a lot Some of procreation. Not much going on out there right now either. Yeah. Touche. Um, super isolated area near the town of Spring Springville, which was even had an adobe wall surrounding it because of Native American um, raids, if you will. Um, his family was part of the Mormon church, but they left the church. And so they're really outsiders out there in the middle of nowhere. But he ended up being kind of uh, becoming friends with the Ute and Paiute Indians. And he actually learned how to uh, archery from them. So as a child, he's like playing with the Native Americans. And we're talking the ones that aren't indoctrinated and, and, and Americanized, if you will. Um, and he finds that he's really, really good at art. So at 19, he leaves and he goes to Boston to study sculpture. By 1889, he is in Paris studying, and he actually went to the Buffalo Bill Wild West show, you know, which was like a big thing back then. And they would actually hire real Native Americans to, to you know, I mean, essentially it was a gimmick. <laughs> and they hired the Lakota or the Sioux tribe, and um, including, you know, some chiefs you've heard of, like Sitting Bull. Um, and he would sketch these Native Americans. So he was used to the Ute and Paiute Indians, but he became friends with the Sioux and he started sketching them. And all of these sketches he made essentially became the models of these statues that he created. The first one he did was when he was in Paris and it was called the Signal of Peace. And it's an Indian chief on horseback holding like a staff with a feather. And it's the staff with the feather is supposed to mean I'm coming peace. And so it was displayed at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair and Chicago loved it so much they bought it. So that's great. It's in Lincoln Park in Chicago. Like I said, everybody needs to look these statues up. They're amazing. The second one he does is this is going to be a quick series that he's making, which is four statues. The second one is called Medicine Man, and it's in 1899, and it's an Indian on horseback, and Philadelphia bought it, and it's in Fairmont Park there. And then the third one was called The Protest of the Sioux, and it was made in 1904. And this is great because as he's like doing his art, I you know, this whole archery thing from his past, he actually... <laughs> He actually makes the archery team and goes to the Olympics and wins a bronze. <laughs> so he didn't just like, he wasn't just an artist. This guy also learned literally the skills enough to place, get the bronze medal at the Olympics. How wow. cool is that? That's pretty right? awesome. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's like, who knew, right? Right. So in, then in 1909, he creates Appeal to the Great Spirit. This is the first statue Kansas City tries to purchase. Okay. Is this the one in Boston with the Native American on horseback? Yes, with, his with arms the arms raised up. up. I want yes. that statue here. What do we have to do to get that statue here to Kansas City? Good luck. Can, you, <laughs> Good can luck. we pay $15,000 today to get that? Yeah, probably not. That's interesting. Yeah, because if you've seen it, you know it. And it's outside of the Boston Museum of Art. And it is incredible. So it is, it's my favorite one of his, I mean, I like the scout, but this one is really, I could just see, we could place this so many places in Kansas City. So it wins a gold medal at the Paris Salon. It's a Native American full headdress, arms stretched out on horseback. And it was supposed to be his last statue of the series. 
Um, he's like, this is it. This is my best work. I'm done. <laughs> 1909, you know? Um, and in 1912, by the time it's off exhibition, there's a lot of cities that want that statue, including Kansas City. And it's on display temporarily in front of the Boston Museum of Art. Kansas City, they said, we'll give it to you for 12000 <laughs> Okay. Well, that's $350,000 today, which is so, a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. So how, how Kansas city came to even know about the statue is Kansas city was going through like a mass exodus and, or I should say a mass revitalization at the time we had union station, a mass right? revitalization. The city was just founded like 50 years prior. How could we but already be going under a mass revitalization 50 years prior? This is 1912, man. We've been around since 1838. Give us some credit. I mean, close to, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that far. Okay. Okay. But okay. But think of it this way. The real boom in, in population is the 1880s. Right. And we're the reason we had the boom in possi uh, population is 1859, the Hannibal Bridge, right? It's built over the Missouri River. And so what, like we had created Union Depot and we outgrew our space and the West Bottoms was also gross. So they decided they were going to move up and they were going to put Union Station closer to downtown Kansas City on higher ground. Uh -huh. So when I say revitalization, it was, it was kind of a move from the West Bottoms into Kansas City that really occurred at the same time. And at the same time, Kansas City was revitalizing their road structure. So you had all these boulevards being built, the parks being built, Penn Valley Park, um, Kessler, North Terrace Parks, uh, all of these parks that we we look at today as being models of Kansas City. Um, also, the Liberty Memorial. All of these things are happening within a very short pan, span of time. So I would argue it, it was our first renaissance in a way. Mm -hmm. So so we wanted this statue. And, and the girl who sees it is her family was from Massachusetts and she was uh, 19 years old at the time, Margaret Coburn. She sees Now, stop there for one yes. second. Is that relation to the Coburn Road and Lee Summit? No, it's no not, different uh... family, different family. Yeah, so the, her parents are from Massachusetts. She sees the statue. She's going to college out, you know, her family center back, if you will, to the east to be educated. Mm -hmm. And she sees the statue and she's like, Kansas City needs this. What? A, she's 19. So she writes the Kansas City Star and says, could a more suitable place be found for this very Western work of art than one of the terraces, which are, we hope, soon to face Kansas City's new Union Station? And everyone's like, ooh, we like the idea. So she's the one that kind of plants the seed. Mm -hmm. Her her dad is a well-known banker in Kansas City. And so he, the argument they were trying to make was that statue, the one that, that appealed to the great spirit, shouldn't be surrounded by skyscrapers, literally in the middle of cement. Right. It should be in Kansas City with one of our beautiful parks. So they tried to rally the money to buy it and it just, they couldn't, they couldn't come up with the money in time. Well, so it's not like the artist didn't hear about Kansas City's hope to get the statue. So he's like, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've got this other idea. So instead of just stopping at the four, he's like, I'm good. I've got this, this drawing I've got going. It's, it's called the scout. He began the sketch in 1912, same year. We're kind of arguing over if we're going to get this other statue. And in 1913, he's smart and he comes through Kansas City and he met with the Coburns and he left them with a plaster model. I want to know who owns this model. It better still exist. I bet oh you my God. It, it's got to be it's one of those be with the family. mom threw away or something like that. <laughs> Thought it was know, a school maybe. project. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. What is this? What like, is this, this is ugly. Lost yeah. its head or something. I know. But I'm like, oh my God, if somebody had that plaster model, can you imagine? Right. Oh my God. Anyway. So he left this plastic, this plaster model with the Coburns, smartly so, so he could go out and be like, look at this, we could have this. So 
essentially that's how the, the the seed is planted on the second so we're starting to grow if you if you will so in 1916 he's now made the statue and the statue's on display in san francisco you got to take that thing it's massive man you got to take that deal, thing. yeah it's a big deal you got to take that thing from boston all the way to san fran so do you check that or is that carry on <laughs> Do they do they charge you by weight? I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's gonna weigh a lot, right? So what is it like so, a horse and buggy you gotta go out there with it through the Oregon Trail? <laughs> I mean, like, how does this get out oh, to California? Yeah. By train. Train. Yeah. By train. So it goes out to California and it's out there. And Cyrus is smart and he contacts back the Coburns and says, Hey, I'll tell you what, on my way back from Boston, I will loan you Kansas City the statue. So you guys can see what it looks like. <laughs> Smart man. And I'll sell it to you for 15000 And Kansas City's like, oh, okay. So in June 17th, 1916, the statue arrives. And the first location it, it goes to is 15th in the Paseo. And they put it out there. They're in, I get, you could just imagine, you know, like. I'm kind of giving you a look right now because I'm thinking the 15th in the Paseo. That's, oh, that was I mean, where all the cool stuff was. Yeah, this but is, not. I'm, I'm thinking it's present day Kansas City because where it is yeah. present day Kansas City, that statue is not as important if it's anywhere else, I don't think, than 100%. where it is today, right? That was exactly the point is that they put it there. And it's I. it reminds me of like a couple, like I can imagine you and Jen, mm -hmm. Jen buying a new furniture, piece of furniture and then like standing back and going, this just isn't the right spot. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying they would do it. They were going to commission a statue of Jen and I and replace the scout with us. That is never going to happen. I love you uh, both, though. I love you both. Uh, so Mahomes, maybe I could see Mahomes statue over the two of us. Absolutely. Why? Because <laughs> way uh, you got to win a couple Super Bowls, Bob, in yeah. order to. All right. Anyway, so, so 15th in the Paseo. 15th in the Paseo. They, they you put it there, and then they went. This doesn't seem right. And so a month later, they moved it to Penn Valley Park mm -hmm. and about um, 200 yards from where it is today. So it was actually a little bit lower and there used to be a lake there and all sorts of stuff. Like people used to swim in that lake. Can you oh, imagine? God. I I know that's what I'm saying. Things were just gross back then. Things were, But things were a lot different back then. I don't think it was gross back then. I think that was before things got gross and you could go to the park. <laughs> and yeah. You know those like old men and old women bathing suits that they used to yeah. wear back then? Those people mm. were frolicking around the park and swimming, right? The dresses, they were literally dresses that yeah. they wore to swim in. Bloomers, I know. No I think the maybe they, yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And people used to, you know, of course, um, stay overnight in the parks. My my great great aunt, I have her diary, my great grandma's diary, and my great great aunt and her, they lived over off of 38th and Broadway ish. Mm -hmm. And um, in the summer, they got so hot and there was no AC, they went to Penn Valley Park and would spend the night out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And they were like up for class society, but that's, that's part of the reason that people also had summer homes outside of the city because the city's a lot hotter. Mm -hmm. So in any case, so they get the statue and they move it to Penn Valley park. There's some criticism of the scout, which I just think is just, I love how it's usually the non-artist folk that <laughs> criticize the artists. You're you know surprised I mean? by that. Something is being changed <laughs> in a city and there was criticism about that. I, I oh. stunned you of all people. Pray tell. About this. <laughs> Pray tell. Yeah. So uh, one criticism was that the horse was too muscular. Another criticism was they didn't like that. They didn't think that the horse, I love how Kansas Cityans are saying this, you know, this uh, horse here looks a little too muscular to be ridden by native Americans. Like, why don't you shut your mouth? Maybe you don't know. And you're not the expert. And the guy who right. lived amongst the Native Americans might know what he's doing. And then um, another thing was saying that the scout himself wasn't muscular enough. 
And so they were like, you know what? We just happened to have Chief Little Bull from the Sioux Tribe coming through KC in 1916. We'll ask him. <laughs> we'll see what he thinks of this statue. So they take him up there. And he's the son of Sitting Bull, who ironically used to be in the Wild West show when Cyrus was actually building these models, if you will, and sketching his tribe, right? So the guy goes up there and he says, it's a Sioux. It's totally a Sioux Indian. It looks just like us. <laughs> then he said, he said this, only a Sioux wears his hair parted and braided on each side of his head. That's what Little Bull said. And he goes, that's what he's got. There was some criticism of like the bridal or something wasn't exactly right. But in general, the, it's spot on. Okay. Right. So in, interesting because, you know, of course, Sitting Bull had been part of that cast. And they, you know, here's the problem, though. We love the statue. Everybody thinks it's great, but we got to pay for it. And Kansas Cityans weren't really coming up for the money at first. So they had raised like six grand or something like that out of the 15. And then word came out that the Smithsonian wanted it. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, oh boy, they've got the money, right? And so it was William Rockhill Nelson's wife who wrote to the newspaper, sent a check to the, to the fund for $1,000 and said, this is contingent that we raise the money on time. Two days later, they had all of the money ready to go. Bam. Done. That's that's crazy when when everybody gets together and wants something. How quickly you can how you, know. you can make it happen. But also when you're challenged from the outside too. Oh, yes. Washington D.C. wants this. Well, screw them. We're taking it. It belongs to us, right? Yeah, right. So then, so Union Station, they were going to put it there, which I mean, also doesn't seem right. Like I get the whole thought was a train station, and the that's now the gateway to the West type of thing. And look how beautiful it is. We'll put it outside. Um, of, of Union Station. And then they just said no. And Kessler, George Kessler, her landscape architect said this needs to be in nature. And so in 1921, they gave the scout a permanent base that was placed 300 feet south of where it had been originally. It's been there ever since. The statue was dedicated in 1922, so 100 years ago. Um, and at, of course, I, like we said before, statue lit at night. This was a big deal. Should we light it? And Kessler, who was lighting all these other statues, said that makes absolutely no sense. We do not light the scout. And he, these are his words. He said, he is looking over the land his fathers trod and contemplating the marvelous development civilization has wrought. Do not put, don't light it. And of course they didn't light it. In the 1930s, there was a lot of vandalism. People were stealing, you know, like the arrows stuff out of it. They still do that, by the way. Uh -huh. They've got like They've got like a permanent cast and they just keep replacing them. Gotcha. <laughs> um, anyway, they, they, it was so bad, the vandalism in the 1930s, that they thought about moving it to City Hall, which also doesn't make any freaking sense. Uh, like, what are you going to do with that? Put that right next to the Jackson statue still standing down there? Like, no. No, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, think about it. Jackson and Native. I hope you get it. Native American. Yes, yes. Okay, just making sure. I, I mean, I, we don't talk about Jackson very often. So Dallin hated the idea. He said that my art does not know. I'm like, what about the, you know, the other statues are in the middle of a cement park, but he said it should be with na nature. And so, you know, artist wins. And so in 1960, they did put it on the rock pedestal it is on today. Um, it's just, a, it's an incredible statue with so much, it just has so many different representations of KC, right? Yeah, it is. It's it's the perfect statue. And it looks like he's, he's overlooking the city, kind of keeping watch on everything to make sure everything's okay. In fact, it's so beloved. It was the name of our hockey team, which little known yes. fact is now the new Jersey Devils. Oh. This year, the Devils are supposed to be 
wearing a retro Kansas City Scouts jersey. Now, I've seen kind of markups of the jersey. People don't know whether or not they're true or not, but they do these reverse retro jerseys, and they kind of got leaked out that it may be a Scouts jersey coming back on the ice for the what? this year. Yeah. That's kind of embarrassing for us. It's kind of like the Kansas City Kings. Kind of embarrassing. Nah, kind of embarrassing. It, it, we have to lose cool. stuff. I don't like that. But, you know, I, I think that, what do you think? Do you think the scout should be lit? There's part of me that says, yes, light it. But there's also part of me that says, no, don't light it. It makes sense that it's only lit, like it's special occasions or when someone comes up and lights it, you know, because it looks beautiful when it's lit. Yeah. I like what Cyrus Dallin said. So this, I'm going to side with the artist on this one. He does it, he designed the scout and he said, I designed the scout, his hand shading his eyes, peering into the future. Leave it alone. I hope you were able to take something fun away from today's podcast because when you look at the most recognizable landmarks in Kansas City, the scout is one of them. And if we get an NBA or NHL team, maybe we'll call them the scouts again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 